from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week, I finally come in to break our long-running Stranger Things tie. We'll also be talking about this rampant virus, Weinsteinitis, and where you can go to get it treated if you have a lot of money. And I will be sharing a story of a YouTuber who was kept apart from the love of their life. Butter. We can all relate. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get started today, a bit of news. Mm. Our beautiful bouncing baby, the cooler, is about to reach a major milestone in a few weeks. Okay. One hundo episodes. (gasps) What? Puberty. Right? It's been that long. Can you believe it? A hundred episodes? One hundo. So my ideal way for us to celebrate this would be to rent a yacht, preferably one (laughs) that Rihanna has made out on. I have have a bikini ready to go. That's all of them. (laughs) Invite all of the listeners Uh with us to the Mediterranean and we can just party it up. That's you guys. That's you. But that's not really in our price range. The budget is a little short for that. Yeah. So maybe for our 200th episode. Mm -hmm. 200. We'll we'll Mm -hmm. figure it out. So until then, we're going to do the next best We've decided to hand over control of our 100th episode to the listeners. Emmanuel, what are you doing? (laughs) This could go either way. I'm a little frightening. I feel like I'm going to sing Spice Girl songs the entire episode. I hope so. (laughs) Just one listener keeps requesting that you guys watch Sound of Music and sing Spice Girls, and you're going to figure out it's me. (laughs) Here's how it's going to work. If you have a nosy question for us or mm. need some advice or have anything to say to us, send a voice memo with your name and location to my email address. It's not the Adonis69 at hotmail.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> Don't no. email that. Do not email that. It is my work email, so I feel comfortable sharing that. Oh, snap. Ehapsis, H-A-P-S-I-S at kqed.org. Send your voice memos. You might hear your own voice on the show. Unless Emmanuel's spam filter catches you. (laughs) Yeah, which which it often does. Nope. (laughs) We're also letting the listeners curate the topics we talk about. We're going to put them into a sorting hat, pull them out at random, and maybe we'll talk about the topic that you, listener, send in. And the way you can do that, tweet us at KQDPop on Twitter. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, Yeah. super exciting. But you know what would be really sad? If the listeners didn't do any of those things. Oh, yeah. That would be, like, embarrassing for us, I would say. Uh, we would ugly cry like Kim Kardashian and yeah. cancel the show. You don't want that. You know. So participate and help celebrate our 100 episodes of this fine show. So, guys, I'm super exhausted today. Oh, no. Why? Because I spent the last few days binge watching Stranger Things. Oh. As Netflix and God intended, apparently. Yes. Because that's the only way to watch. Listeners will remember that over a year ago, September 2016, to be specific. Lest we forget. We had an epic WWE showdown. Yes. In this studio. 
between Emmanuel and Carly over Stranger Things. It mm-hmm. was nasty. And I have, it's been <laughs> on my watch list so that I could see what the fuss is about and once and for all come to the show and declare a winner. And break the tie. What? Yes. <gasps> no, Jamidra, fail me not. So I watched it. So, and then not only did I watch it, uh-huh. I watched the first season and I watched half of the second season. My yes. God, you've been chewing through it. Yeah, I had to stop after my eyes started to cross and then I freaked out when one of my lamps flickered. Oh uh, no. I was like, this may be <laughs> time for me to... It's well being like... Run. Yeah. <laughs> so not only did I watch the episodes, I also went back and listened to the episode of our show <gasps> in which you guys were going back and forth about Aww. this show. So if you are looking for that episode, it is called Can Disagreeing Over Stranger Things Lead to Divorce? <laughs> Probably. I was sure that I was going to be a latchkey kid after that episode aired. I was like, it's done. Mommy and daddy are fighting again. <laughs> Stuff got real. Okay, so top line summary for people who have not heard the episode. Carly, you're not a fan. Emmanuel, you are a fan. Emmanuel, why do you love Stranger Things? I thought the casting of these children was inspired. They all did a phenomenal job. I also think that in referencing these past horror movies, it created a pastiche, if you will, Mm. for the new generation. Pastiche. And also to respect what came before and create something new. And I was on the edge of my seat. I was entertained. Couldn't wait to see what would happen next. Love 11. I mean, she had the Amber Rose cut in 83. I mean, she was... Right? Yeah. So you're basically saying the Duffy brothers are like, put some respect on 80s nostalgia sci-fi. Yes. Horror films. Yes. Okay. Carly? I'm glad you are. <laughs> 45 minutes later. <laughs> I will say, to me, it is, it's not, it doesn't even rise to the level of pastiche. It is empty homage. I think it is derivative. I think that the points and the notes and the beats that it steals wholesale in look and feel and also script from the vastly superior 80s movies from which it's borrowing, just make me wonder why am I not watching Poltergeist right now there's so much of it there's so much of E.T. there's so much of Poltergeist there's so much of Stand By Me like all of these things like and it's just empty to me it really is Mm. so (laughs) Jamandra where do you fall on the spectrum take us through what you felt when you started watching and where you ended up okay so I definitely feel the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. The, when I started watching it, everything from like the theme song that leads into it, the whole vibe, it's very Unsolved Mysteries. It oh, reminds yeah. me it of like when I was a kid watching Unsolved Mysteries after dark when I was supposed to be asleep and then I was afraid that people would come through the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, it basically lived out every childhood terror that I've had watching this show. I was into it in the very beginning. I was like, this is this is going places. This Will? is going somewhere. Where are you, Will? Well, yeah, Will disappeared. Where's I'm... my boy? Yeah. I say that maybe the first three or four episodes, I was like, okay, I got to figure out what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Whereas Carly said, episode and a half, she was like, I'm done. Right. You're, you were just done. I mean, listen. Play the tape. Play the tape. <laughs> did you struggle through it or did you like, after the fact, you were like, you know what? Mm, That's or- a great point, Jamidra. It dawned on me at about uh, halfway through episode two <laughs> that this was, this was all wrong. Wow. L- listen. Listen. Season two, having just finished that, Make season one look like a comparative masterpiece. I am now genuinely reevaluating season one and how much I enjoyed that. Because I wanted to watch that. I wanted to watch the next episode. I was seeing holes and flaws galore, mm. but I wanted to see what happened. And with season two, there was no such impetus. I literally used to wander off and just make sandwiches. Just so I'm halfway. <laughs> I am halfway through season two. And I will say this I didn't think there needed to be a season two. 
It could have been a movie, and it wrapped up really nicely, and I feel like they're getting greedy. It was good. Let it go. Walk away. You're not going to get disagreement from me. Okay. Let it go like Barb's memory. Okay. I'm still mad about Barb. I'm still mad about Barb. (laughs) Because Barb was out here trying to live life. She was studying. She got her SAT scores up. She's got her grades going. She's trying to apply to Stanford. She goes to one party with Nancy. It's not even fun. One, one party. She cuts herself. Cuts herself trying to do a keg or beer, whatever thing. <laughs> she didn't even want to do that. And all of a sudden, she flipped into upside down. Grabbed into a pool where only good things are supposed exactly. to happen. So I will say this. I absolutely feel Carly's perspective about them biting or paying homage, depending on how you look at it, to 80s horror and sci-fi films. It is, if you will, accept this analogy, the young Mary J. Blige of sci-fi films. So (laughs) I'll explain. That's a comparison I had not thought about before. So when Mary J. Blige first came out in the 90s, it was like, this girl is talented. Mm -hmm. She can sing. She's got pipes. She's got something going on. However... She made a name for herself doing covers of like old school songs. Okay. So a lot of the greats were like, she's a karaoke version. Right. She's not talented. So can they rise to the occasion to produce some content in a series that is not so heavily lifted? Mm -hmm. That to me is what Stranger Things is. It's the karaoke version. If I could just uh, quote uh, (laughs) a great writer I found online. Uh, (laughs) The problem comes with Stranger Things, when a screen creation is predicated entirely upon nostalgia and the feelings it provokes. For all its surface-level strengths, Stranger Things is essentially an eight-episode mood board with a plot retrofitted to accommodate it. Who wrote? Oh, sorry, this is, oh, wow. uh, this is me. It's sorry, me. Um, Carly Seven wrote that. Okay, sorry, sorry. Uh. Well, you know, after it was over and they had the last scene when your boy coughed up the, like, you know, slug. the slug. Uh-huh. I thought it's been done before. However, I will say that as somebody who is not quite a film connoisseur like Carly, I don't remember them details from the movies <laughs> in the 80s. So I'm just like, this sound, this feels familiar. And I feel like I've watched it before, but it's still fresh. But I was interested enough to keep watching. Yes. But did you not feel as an 80s baby that you were almost being pandered to? That this cocktail of like 80s nostalgia and the way it looked and the way it sounded and the way it felt, it was basically made in a laboratory to fire certain pleasure sensors in yeah. your brain, Mr. Mead, I put it to I you. Feel, I feel like there could have been some pandering, but I also feel like I really don't give a f- <laughs> when, I, when I am watching, when I'm trying to relax, I, I think so deeply about... Touche. I, I think so deeply about too many things, but it still feels new and I still wanted to watch it. It's all about how you felt and you felt entertained. Also, to quote a very smart writer from online, <laughs> quote... We're doing this now, are we? <laughs> Carly's wrong and I'm right. Okay. End quote. That is something I just wrote right now on this piece of paper. I love love that guy. That guy, (laughs) big talent, going places. And let me just also say that if this would have happened in Oakland, California, the mystery would have never been solved Mm -hmm. because nobody's climbing into a pulsating tree to investigate something. Nobody's breaking into a government facility to investigate something and coming out alive. Like, it's not happening. And also, I think that it is worth mentioning that the Department of Energy is now run by one Rick Perry. (gasps) So if there's some Roswell stuff going on, we should all be concerned. Yes. The strangest of things. (laughs) (laughs) That's season three. (laughs) I would just like to note, following a text exchange between the three of us, because we we do talk outside of the show, I have a really big crush on the sheriff. Oh, well, this, this came to be because I was like, if Hopper is the hottest thing going in town. They have bigger problems. There is it. There is clearly a, <laughs> I a deficit. I am into it like he's 
big and like mm. a little bit haunted. He has like great paternal vibes, clearly, <laughs> because of the backstory and looking yeah. after Eleven. He's got a big old beard. Big old. Oh, I thought you were going to say keep big saying old. Like, big, big old. old. And I was like, oh. <laughs> when are we going to get to the real so, stuff that uh, you mean? This is what I will say. For season one, I really appreciated the character development. I don't know if Carly would think that there's character development there. What character development? Okay, so I went, I did go from being like Hopper is like, you know, a lush who is sleeping around with the library, everybody from the librarian to what's her name? Buyers and everybody. I'm sorry, there was a problem with that. Uh, I was like, mm, okay. He was, you know, he was community goods, if you will. Okay. <laughs> if, they, if they use that term for women, hell, I'm taking it, I'm reclaiming. Yeah, it's a sharing economy and his body is yes. good enough. He was a street, so, a street cat. Everybody was, yeah. Little yeah, alley cat, little alley cat. You, you feed him and, you know. So, so when the show started, I was like, this, this guy. By the end, I was like, okay, I, I, I can see it for her. Also, Nancy, mm-hmm. from her, like, good girl vibe, mm-hmm. she tried to summon Rihanna. But then by the end, she was sitting on the couch with Steve. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Is that, is that what we're doing here? It is. It's, yeah. For now. And then Jonathan, mm-hmm. he was also a little frightening and vampire He's a creep. That then, actor is, yeah. like, 21 years old. Is he? Jesus. He looks, like, 47. He's also British. We age really fast. <laughs> He's also, on the way to the premiere of Stranger <laughs> yes. Things, got stopped in LAX for having cocaine. And was sent back home. Yeah. Are you surprised? Missed the premiere. I'm just saying, are you? He definitely has coke face. He has the coke vibe face. Having to call your agent and say, I will not be there tonight. Oh, no, why is yeah. that? Like, having yeah. to explain that. And they're like, we don't have this problem with the 10-year-olds we employ. <laughs> but you. <laughs> okay, so, rounding back, mm-hmm. the last episode that you listened to mm-hmm. was about season one only. Yes. So without taking into account season, season two, two, who was right at the time of recording? Who do you side with? Break the tie. Well, here's the thing, though. I think that Carly is right about them lifting. They did. They pretty but much lifted. But does it lifted. matter? But I enjoyed it anyway. Oh. See? That's only because <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I really do care. I need to get out more. I really care about this stuff. I like, I'm, I'm more invested in this conversation than I've been in many conversations for the last year, I'll tell you that. And that shows something. They have struck a nerve with you. They have. You care. Yeah. And that takes some doing. Yeah, it does. Because it's easy to just turn things off, but not this. And you saw the entire season two, even though you didn't like it that much. I watched the entire season two because I knew we were going to talk about it. How about that? I guess I will finish watching it, but I have questions. See, this is my issue. I have questions when it comes to horror films and sci-fi films. Like, why are y'all still living there? Hawkins is diseased and has tunnels under it with slime and creatures. Move to Miami. Okay. So, Winona, your, your boo thing is like, you, you guys should move or you should leave. And you're like, I don't have the money. But you got enough money to remodel the house. Because I saw the way the house looked last season. Mm-hmm. A hole in the front Now you got wall. a, your carpet is, that's new carpet. There was a monster on that carpet. Dead. Dead. Shot. Okay. <laughs> Get your priorities together. Yep. <laughs> there isn't enough sage in the country to sage that house after what happened. There. No, it's a wrap. Just move. Mm. Okay, so before we end this, how do you feel about the Harrington-Nancy relationship? Is Harrington redeemable? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Even I will say that. You'll see. He yeah. protected children multiple times. And I feel like he was uh, a gentle lover for her first time. <laughs> you talking about when Nancy got swooped yeah. up? While Barb was being gobbled up. I mean, not up. Nancy, while Barb yeah. got Aww. swooped up in the, in the pool outside. Well, it seems like one thing we can agree on is that this show is a... Good enough. (laughs) 
strokes. We are now in what week? Would you say week five, week six, week seven? One thousand and five. Great uh, sexual harassment and abuse unveiling of 2017, Ooh. which people now apparently care that this stuff's been happening for decades, if not centuries. But every man who's been accused in 2017 is wishing we were still in 2016. Remember that whole "this year sucks." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the the dumpster fire. This okay. one sucks yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. The sequel. Well, I couldn't help focusing on just the little details because the trouble is it's so big that it's very easy to feel overwhelmed Mm. at the sheer scale. So I like to focus on little things. And uh, I couldn't help noticing that um, Kevin Spacey's publicist's statement said, Kevin Spacey is taking the time necessary to seek evaluation and treatment. No other information is available at this time. So I got to thinking, where do these arseholes go? when they are seeking treatment and evaluation. Ooh. Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. That's where they go. Not there. They go to Arizona. Per the New York Post, there's a place called The Meadows. I feel calm already and yeah. I don't want to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey's gone there. Harvey Weinstein apparently went there. Tiger Woods. I don't think that worked, right? No, kind of not. Um, some other people have gone in for the non-sex related ones, like uh, Rush Limbaugh to battle uh, a prescription pain pill addiction. And verbal diarrhea. And verbal diarrhea. Uh, oh. Kate Moss and uh, Donatella, hmm. just one word, nice uh, candy. for Coke. Elle McPherson for depression. So this is basically, if you're very rich and you've been caught out, this is where you go. So first of all, let's talk about money. How are your bank accounts looking, guys? Not good. Not good right now? You're going to want to save up. Because if you get into scrapes, like these gentlemen have, Mm -hmm. you're going to need $58,000. Wow. I am outraged that it doesn't cost more because (laughs) I feel like you could milk a little bit more from these guys if they have to go. Well, hopefully with loss of earnings, it will end up costing them a lot of money Mm. in the very long run. That's just the fee. We got the room and board. We've got, exactly fifty eight grand for a 45-day stay at uh, the Gentle Path Program at the Meadows in Arizona. Mm, Gentle Path is the sex addiction specialist clinic. You can't take electronics in, and books Mm. are also a no-go, as well as magazines, because they might trigger sexual thoughts. Senses and sensibility? No. Can't scroll Facebook? You might think about exposing yourself to one of the characters. You might be sex and sexibility. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Yep. Nope, can't take that in with you. (laughs) There's an art barn. Mm. I want to be there. Yeah, so you do some creative kind of therapies and you draw stuff and you... In a barn! Yeah, you yeah. work out your problems, you know, with crayons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's... Uh, so they can come to my house right now. I got some crayons yeah, yeah, yeah. and a table. 50, you should start you charging guests 53000 for one visit. Yeah, And, you know, we, we should note here that at no point are we mocking people with legitimate problems that seek legitimate treatment. But, you know, going into uh, a, f- a facility when you have been caught preying on people and abusing your power and authority for decades. And thinking you'll get away with it. A and facility for not. 45 days. Ripe for mockery. So yeah. let's continue. <laughs> um, you can get some uh, sensory input, like flashing lights and stuff and beeping that will stop you having like sexy thoughts. i got to do ball at the house. I can there you go. once again. <laughs> there you go. Similar treatment facilities, not this one, but like the one that Anthony Weiner went to, they have equine therapy. You just mm. pet horses. Just chill out with horses. Um, because a lot of people apparently become desensitized through being awful 
There are some fantastic uh, anecdotes in the New York Post piece, such as one guy going through his equine therapy and then calling his wife because you get a certain amount of calls per week back to the loved ones that are back at home dealing with the fallout. All the people who hate you right now and don't want to talk to you. And so the anecdote goes that the guy calls his wife and says, you know, what he's been doing in equine therapy. And she apparently goes nuts on the other end of the line so that everyone can hear her in the facility saying, I don't want to hear about horses i'm stuck here dealing with the bankruptcy you created yeah so where's the lie just tell people you don't want to hear about their horses yes you know stuff like tai chi lessons uh barbecues you know they've got pools as well but you're not meant to have kind of like dirty conversations around the pool that's really important because again you don't want to be triggering the sexy thoughts um so if you've been wondering you know when a dude gets caught out and he goes in for treatment what he's going into this is it it's very expensive it's not all bad and there are flashing lights. Cue Kanye. Yeah. So it's basically like a disco from the 70s, but with responsibility. It ain't jail. And less no mm-hmm. candy. say that. That's not even white collar jail. That's, I don't know what that is. It's just white jail. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I want to just end with, uh, there was a fantastic post in The Guardian uh, when all this stuff started coming around about Kevin Spacey by a writer called Marina Hind, who's very funny, and you should check her out. And she was talking about this mystery virus that's streaking through Hollywood, and she's talking about this kind of like medicalization of doing terrible things because people are seeking treatment for it. Mm. And she's talking about how, you know, there's cliches about cancer being no respecter of income. You know, a a disease Mm -hmm. like cancer, it cuts all across the board. And she's like, oh, no, no, this disease really does respect income. She calls it Weinsteinitis. And uh, she says, the illness is no respecter of income below the 10 million a year mark. Wow. If you can't afford the 14 grand a week to be treated for it in some six-star Utah head spa, then you're not even going to contract the illness. Yeah. The comparatively poor, i.e. pretty much everyone else, are basically immune from diagnosis. They may end up in jail Mm -hmm. or the sex offenders register. But at least they've got their health. (laughs) (sighs) So you've been tuning in for week seven, eight, nine. I'm lost. Infinity. There's a Weinsteinitis epidemic happening in Hollywood. There is. Uh, Mm. People are still on their bullshit, and uh, you know we'll we'll keep checking in, see how things Mm. go. This has become a depressingly frequent segment. So one step closer to the matriarchy. Yes, matriarchy. Now, please. That's coming. We've waited for so long. I have my crown. (laughs) Dust it off. It's the Begin Begin Epic. Epic. Hey, the Begin Epic. Hey. You know what that song means. Mm -hmm. It's time for our peek in the pit. Let's get to it. Pit this week goes to a dude named David. I don't know his last name. It was redacted for his protection because he's going to need it. What's he done? (laughs) He decided to leave nasty slurs on the Facebook of Pennsylvania's first openly gay lawmaker, Brian Sims. And unfortunately, because our culture is hateful as f***. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the, the, <laughs> the technical term. Brian is used to getting these kinds of terrible messages on mm. his feed. But David caught him in a moment where he was like, you know what? I'm going to do something about this particular person. He was oh. on so his last nerve. He goes over to David's Facebook, tries to figure out, like, who is this hateful troll? A little investigation. Because, like, know thine enemy. Mm-hmm. Keep them close. Yes. Here's what Brian ended up writing in reply to this hater's message. David. I can't tell if you're just a really dumb little boy or an angry bigot, 
but I know for sure that you shouldn't have posted your grandmother's telephone number on your Facebook page so many times. She and I just had a very disappointing <gasps> chat about oh, you. On. We'll talk soon. He called Nana. He certainly oh, did. Why is Nana's business all on Facebook, though? That's the real question. He bypassed the usual, which is the mum. Yep. You normally go for the mum, and he was like, no, I'm going to go nuke Let me her. holler at Nana. Let's make this generational. Right. Okay, because she can pass Jeez. it down to your mama, mm-hmm. and your mama can call you. Exactly. <laughs> so it turns out the homophobe's grandmother was pissed mm. at what her grandson did and forced grandson to call Brian and apologize. Oh. So Brian says the following, quote, I heard from him within two hours. And while I can't say we resolved anything, I can pretty much guarantee that Christmas at my house is going to be better than his this year. Oh. So as Monique once said on the criminally underrated VH1 reality show Charm School. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Leading of the century. See, when you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite. Oh, that's the gospel. So consider yourself bitten. Mm, I want to treat that wound. Think about that next time you try to randomly bully someone just because of who they are. Check yourself. And think about your privacy settings. If you put Nana's business out there. Yeah, don't put Nana's business out there. (laughs) A lot to learn from that pit of the week. And peak of the week. We all know how dramatic and heart-wrenching stories of two loves being kept apart can Mm. be. Romeo and Juliet. Katy Perry, and even a single Grammy. Eleven and Michael. <laughs> Eleven and Michael. Yep. Yeah, just... But nothing compares to the story of one YouTuber and his one true love. In 2011, Norway experienced an acute shortage of butter. Oh, I would have moved. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been gripped by what they were gripped by, smore panik, which translates to butter panic. Mm. One particular YouTuber did not handle the separation from their most beloved dairy product very well. Here is their testimonial. Mm. Do you know what this is? This is a traditional box of Norwegian butter. Let's look inside. It's hardly empty. Do you know what's approaching? Christmas is approaching. How do you think we feel? Do you know what the national Christmas cake in Norway is? It's something called lusekatte, pussycats in English. Do you know what the main ingredients in the in lusekatte is? Butter. Do you think this is enough for all the Christmas cakes that I was gonna make in uh, Christmas? No. So you, American people, because. You don't know how it feels being without butter in Christmas time. And I ask again, what if it was you who didn't have butter? Would you go ask the neighbor? Oh, no, that's right. The neighbor doesn't have butter either. Nobody in the whole white country has butter. I will come to your house. I will go to your refrigerator. Your refrigerator. I will take your butter out of your fridge. I will eat the butter in front of you and your family's eyes. And I force you to watch me while I eat all your butter that you were going to have on Christmas Eve. You will beg and cry and say, no, don't eat all our butter we need for Christmas. I will say, haha, not my problem. 
I'm gonna say right now, if he come in my fridge, <laughs> my butter, I will wow. not be sitting. Don't there you mean your fridge? Fridge? He could try it if he wants to. So, what did Americans say? Were Americans yeah, mocking what, them? What did you do? Yeah, I think he was just in his feelings because he's probably on the internet seeing us put the mm. butter on our corn, put it in our cakes, so, eat it deep fried, and he's like, "I want my pussycat cake." And I can't have it. And how did the Pussy butter cake? Did America take the butter? Like, was, That's you know, what did I'm you saying. Steal the cows or? He's projecting a little bit, <laughs> but he's in pain and we should have empathy. That's very, very true. So the peak goes to this person because six years later, this is setting Twitter afire anew. Oh. You should really watch the video because the visuals help. Their face is beat for the gods. Ooh. Oh. Highlighter. It's, it's amazing. I wish I could have seen it. So yeah, audio podcasts suck. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Who listen to one of those? Like, so has, has the the real question is has the butter shortage been addressed? It has been addressed since then, so they're fine. Okay. And next time you open your refrigerator mm-hmm. and you see butter there, Thank count your blessings. Yeah, Just be, be thankful. thankful. Let me go ahead and Google a recipe for pussy cake though, because <laughs> I, I think it's a pussy cat cake. <laughs> Grab it by the pussy cat cake. Too soon. Unfortunately, that's still happening. <laughs> uh, but yes, deep sigh. peak of the week to that person, to us for having butter and to butter in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're lactose intolerant, which I kind of am. But you know what? Even I can say butter's great. Butter is great. so I have so much of it. Every time I go to the store, I buy some new butter and then I come back and I'm like, whoop, I didn't need it. And mm. then I add it to the leaning tower of, of butter. butter. And then you see this YouTuber come into your house and eat it in front of your eyes. I wondered what the angry Norwegian in my kitchen was. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of Norwegians, mm. our song of the week comes from a Norwegian. Oh. oh, who's been eating butter, no doubt. I hope so. Need hope. Her name is Suzanne Sundfor. Hi, and Suzanne. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> I got to say hi to her the other day because she played a show. Oh. I actually ran into a fan of the cooler there. Hi, Cole. That was hey. very cool. Hi, Cole. And Cole said, "Of course, you're at a Suzanne Sundfor show." Aww. So I feel like the song choices that I make on the show have kind of painted a picture that's accurate. Can I just stop you for a second here? Sure. You guys have had people come up to you and say, it's you from that podcast. To be fair, I am sure that several black women with with Afro hair have also had this. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, Jamaica. It's like, no. No. Sorry. I'm just saying, ask me how many times this has happened to me. How many? None. So, you know. Just feeling a bit left out and a bit tired and sad. And It'll happen. A, yeah. Rough year. The next know? time you see Carly in a bar train, go for it. <laughs> I thought you said next time you see Carly in a bar. I was like, no, 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 do no, nothing. No. That's when mama's doing her drinking. Do not approach. <laughs> well, to make you feel better, I think you already know this story, but I'll tell it for the listeners. Oh. The first time I thought someone was going to recognize me, it was a person in the crosswalk coming towards me. They were like motioning to me as if they wanted to talk to me. Ooh. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. We're famous. Finally. And so I take out my earbuds and I'm like, hey. And then she's like, you dropped something. Oh, God. And I went to see what I dropped and it was a bill from the IRS. So that was humbling. It could be worse. Oh. And maybe people do recognize you, but they know that you're untouchable. You're that much of a star mm. and they can't even approach. Maybe it's too sad to say I like to think so. So back to Suzanne Sundfor. Indeed. Usually these days I don't really go to concerts because the days of me standing right next to the speaker and like blasting out my eardrums and spilling gin all over myself because I'm a mess. and Trying like to see over people's heads so you can see the stage. And like going to all these concerts, which I didn't really care about, but I was young and full of life. And so I went to all of the concerts. Now you are not young and not full of life. <laughs> I'm like running low. 
<laughs> and so I only go to the concerts that I know I will appreciate. Yes. And so I go to this. She did not disappoint. Apparently a blog called Dagbladet says that young Norwegian artists who hear her music start crying because A, they realize she's better than they'll ever be. Oh. And B, her music is just very moving and beautiful. Hmm. So let's indulge in some of that. Uh-huh. This is called Kamikaze. Enjoy. Until next week, find us on social media. I'm Excuse My Booty with the E on Instagram, without the E on Twitter. Oh, so difficult. I'm at Teacup in the Bay on Twitter and Instagram. So consistent. Mm. And you can find me at Jamitra Says on Twitter and Instagram. Bye. Bye. Bye.